Welcome to Season 2 of Conscious Conversations, where we aim to inspire deep and meaningful interactions that grow into a community of practice that is committed to healing, resilience and expansion. In this season, our focus is on Africa, the fountain of humanity, the Great Mother Africa, a land research is increasingly confirming to be home of the first humans to evolve. Research also confirms that early humans migrated out of Africa into Asia about 2 million years ago and into Europe about 1.5 million years ago. The long and short of it, Africa is where it started. In this season's Conscious Conversations, we speak with spiritual teachers and thought leaders about the ways in which we can unearth the wisdom of the old that calls us back to listen, learn, remember, restore and heal. I am Mabato Munzi. Welcome. Astrology in Africa, as in other societies, has for many years been considered a form of divination that involves forecasting of earthly and human events through the observation and interpretation of the sun, the moon, the fixed stars and other planets. According to ancient practices originating from Mesopotamia, astrology shaped the perceptions and particular practices of society informing their understanding and experiences of the world. Astrology has for many centuries been considered an important form of intelligence, helping humanity know the truth, explaining cosmological alignments around the time of birth of people, foretelling events, at times to prevent negative foreseen events from taking place. Due to the marginalization of peoples, ancestral and societal trauma, much of this intelligence has been suppressed. As a result, many people suffer from low self-worth and self-esteem, disempowerment. In this conversation, we speak to Makosi Maile Moon about how understanding astrology and one's personal astrological DNA can help individuals and communities heal shifting their energies from that of powerlessness to self-empowerment. Maile Moon is an evolutionary astrologer, healer and musician. She has been working with cacao and sound as well as the rose medicine for the past eight years through living in between the Mayan lands of Guatemala and the mountains of Europe. Passionate about all these specific fields of healing, Maile Moon created a fusion practice using the wisdom of astrology to direct her ritual work while centering her offerings around nature and shamanism. Her love for nature and her different initiation paths helped her connect to spirit through plants, animals and ancestral guardians. She uses cacao and sound alchemy as a heart gate opener to support profound healing, realizations, and transformation. She carries the medicine of the heart. Her mission is to support people in holistic healing while finding their own path and purpose. 
Good afternoon, Makosi. Welcome. How are you? Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm super happy and excited to be able to share with you today. <laughs> Gola, thank you so much for making time to speak to me in this conversation about astrology, really, and how we can use astrology to really be in alignment with our soul's purpose and path. Before we get into our conversation, can you please share with us a little bit about yourself and how you found your calling and path? Yes, thank you. So I think I have always been a very curious child and I've always been seeking, you know, what is the truth. Uh, so I was very interested in different paths and I've been raised first in the Catholic path and I am the child of a Swiss mother and an African father. My father come from Ivory Coast. So I had those two cultures kind of merging, although I was more connected to the, the Swiss culture, the Western culture, because all of my family I grew up with is Swiss. And my father was sometimes bringing elements through stories he would say, you know, to put us to bed. And I also, of course, experienced his own trauma uh, and how he internalized those trauma and they kind of passed down to us. But I had a pretty easy life with this mix. Personally, I felt always good with it and curious about wanting to know about other cultures. So... Once I started to ask too many questions about why this and that, you know, in the religious context and people were, were answering me because it's written like that, because that, you know, saint is saying so. And really early, like around 10, 11, I started to rebel against that. And I said, I don't want to go to this Catholic school anymore. Don't mm. make me go. I stopped all of that. It was the end. My grandmother was so worried. <laughs> about me but it opened up something because i started to to rebel in my own way at that age and few years later when i was more you know like 13 14 i started to to read and first i bought all the books of all the different religions so i had the the oh, wow. for islam i had for judaism i had for christians i had the book of the the tibetan book of the dead i had the egyptian book of the dead of course i didn't understand anything at the time but you know it was like i need to know more and there's so many different way and i felt a bit lost and disconnected for several more years i was always very connected to nature and I have to say that here in Switzerland, we're so connected to the mountain. We live in the Alps and nature and nature beings is something that is close to us. We're connected to all these different natural portals. Um, so I had this beautiful connection, but it's only later when I was 18 that I listened to a conference on shamanism and I just started to cry and cry and cry. And I wouldn't stop because it spoke to me, I was like, oh my God, mm -hmm. there's actually practices that are in resonance to how I'm trying to understand life and how I like to relate mm -hmm. um, to life. And it opened the path that way. So I started, I was guided to a person uh, at the moment where I was experiencing a crisis in my life around 19 years old. And that's when I started shamanic practices. And that person was connected to India, to Africa, and to the Americas. So he also had that broad perspective, and he integrated the shamanic practice into our Western society to help us. And this opened up all the words of, you know, journeys and dreams and visions, and, and all of this opened up for me. It was really beautiful. I still mm -hmm. studied nutrition, and I was a dietitian. 
and I started to work in a clinic of psychiatry mm-hmm. uh, with a patient with eating disorders. And over there, I went fully into like system mode, overwork, like get sick and push more and mm-hmm. and continue to do more hours. And wow, and it was, I was not listening to my body at all. And then I started to realize us as the healers were also kind of sick, you know, everybody's going into burnout. And at the time I was 23, 24. And I was thinking, why am I complaining about the life that I chose Mm. basically? And the patient, they keep on coming back. So something is missing in how we're healing them. The psychological approach is one of the best in that clinic in Switzerland, but yet we, we don't heal people. So that's when I really started to bridge my uh, passion for the shamanism and spirituality into the psychology and the the work, like bringing it into the reality that is surrounding me. But for that, I had to do a clear break. So I quit my job and I left for Guatemala. And that was also spirit leading me there because I had no clue Guatemala exists. I just arrived and within 10 days, I, I was peaceful. I was open. I was connected to nature. I had no pain anymore in my body, mm. no anxiety. Like everything disappeared in 10 days of living with the rhythm of nature yeah. and just barefoot. And, you know, and I went through a big purification cycle and I stayed. Uh, I went back and forth to Guatemala, staying half of the year over there for the next eight years. <laughs> Wow. Which was amazing. I learned a lot. I also traveled to Peru. I traveled to Colombia. I traveled to Nicaragua, um, to Costa Rica. I was in many different places in Central and South America. And that's when I went deeper into the, the, the journey as a healer or that calling that I felt. Mm. And I was always led. I never was seeking like, oh, I need that person to learn. I was always brought to the teachers. Mm. I was always brought to the medicines and it opened up so many different things and portals within me. Uh, and during that path, I also came across astrology. And because I love and adore to understand everything, but you know, I like to go into the depth of everything. Mm-hmm. I love to understand human being what is motivating us to be who we are, to act, you know, in a what we can, a positive way or negative way as we can mm. judge different actions. I want to understand the source of everything. And astrology was the best tools for me. Mm. So I had shamanic uh, teachings, shamanic healing teachings. I received, I received teachings with like working with the body and massage. I already had the, the health and the nutrition. I had my spiritual practice and astrology really came and m- help me make sense of everything. Help me make sense of people around me because it's very difficult to, to judge someone or someone's behavior when you understand the core of why they're mm-hmm. acting that way. So it, it mm-hmm. taught me compassion. Um, then later through my work in Guatemala with the medicine of cacao, the astrology, the shamanism, the the voice I worked with sound healing also all of these came together and then came the piece of the the um, African spirituality and that's when the spirit called me to initiate uh, as a sangoma which started two and a half years ago mm. and then here I am with all mm. these different tools that I bring in a way that makes sense to me because everything that I do for myself is how I like to teach and support mm. people. Yeah. Um. It sounds very familiar in a sense that for myself, I've seen how everything is connected. 
when it comes to healing, when it comes to um, the cosmos, uh, when it comes to that inner knowing, that inner guidance that we all have, but have obviously been disconnected from mm-hmm. uh, because of our socialization. So it makes a lot of sense to me, but I'm curious about your understanding of astrology. I think most of us connect astrology to horoscopes and one grew up reading horoscopes every month you know in a magazine or in a newspaper you know there'll be this but I've also come to understand that that's like the watered down version of what our signs actually mean you know and um, the clarity they can actually give us or the guidance we can get from astrology. So please just take us through how astrology is more than just about horoscopes. Yes, so the horoscope or the horoscope column we see in the newspaper is what uh, we call, when you, as astrologer, pop astrology. <laughs> mm. You know, and... Basically, they base this reading on the sun sign, which would be reducing a person to the sun sign. And the sun sign represents what you think is your zodiac sign, you know, based on your date of birth. Because on the date of birth, we look at where the sun is. Um, and, and then we say, Oh, I'm a Cancer. I'm a Gemini. Mm-hmm. I'm a Capricorn. And it's very reducing because actually we're everything. All the zodiac is inside of us. And I will speak more later about that. But to, to, to understand this horoscope and pop astrology, um, it is saying, Basically, that if you're a cancer, the thousands or millions of cancer on the planet should have the same experience. Mm. <laughs> and we can understand astrology is a map to understand the universe to un- and to understand our place within the universe. Within this map, um, we use the 12 zodiac sign and it's like we would take consciousness, ev- the everything, and we would divide the everything into 12 main archetypes in order for us to make sense of things. There's so many different maps. Chinese astrology is a map. I have studied a little bit of Mayan astrology being in Guatemala is another map. Vedic astrology is another map. Mm-hmm. Um, Shamanic journey is a map, you know, mm. when you journey into the underworld, into the upper world to get information. Mm. And because we are here with the mind, we need to use those maps so our journey into consciousness makes sense. Mm. We need to integrate everything through the filter of the mind, which in astrology mm. is Mercury, <clears throat> mm. the planet Mercury. And so astrology is very wide. Uh, basically, the type of astrology that I do is the uh, evolution of traditional Western astrology, the tropical mm-hmm. astrology, which is based on the movement of the light on Earth, mm-hmm. on the planet. So it is aligned with the seasons. It is not aligned with the actual movement of the planet I- in the sky right now, which mm-hmm. the Vedic, the Indian astrology is following. The traditional Western astrology is based on every beginning, the astrological new year starts on Aries season, which is the spring equinox. So it is also based on the Northern Hemisphere, Mm. that understanding. Um, And then 
we have, you know, each solstice and equinoxes is giving us imprints on where we are in the time, in the time and where the consciousness of the sun is moving us. So as the sun is changing sign, we are being focusing, uh, we are, it's illuminating one aspect of our life. And then the next month is another aspect. Mm. So astrology is the understanding of who am I in this reality and how do I fit in this reality? What are my gifts? What are the challenges? Uh, astrology is helping us understand our personality and the blueprint of our life, basically. And what I actually do is evolutionary astrology. And this is seeing beyond just this life. I am a soul and I have, if you look at it from the mind perspective, you would see that I have past lives, this present life, and then I have mm. future life, a destiny. If you look at it from another perspective, everything is happening at the same time, but yet my awareness is here in the present. So I, I receive influences, you know, that wow. have shaped me and it's pushing me towards something else. So mm. evolutionary astrology helps you understand how you function and what is your potential, how to activate your gifts and how to understand the traumas, the pains and the challenges that you have experienced, usually early childhood, that make you react in a contracted way. And when you understand that, it, it is helping you to accept, you know, instead of judge and stay stuck into old pattern, it's easier to accept, oh, wow, okay, I lived this because I had to integrate a very valuable teaching for the evolution of my soul. And then it also validated this impulse that you feel within yourself mm -hmm. to follow a specific destiny. Mm -hmm. And destiny basically is the soul wants to grow and experience life. <laughs> I like how you explain it, you know, because if one really works with it, it can be a very empowering tool, right, that um, nature or the universe has blessed us with to navigate our path here on Earth or in this reality. Um, in my recent interactions with the a now friend of mine, um, Lerato Gungurusa, she's written a book about the mind. Um, and she has done a lot of research on the various elements. So I've come to understand how the different elements influence who we are or how we are influenced by the elements in which we are born in. Um, so can you please just take us through how the elements influence who we are and actually maybe what the elements are. Because a lot of the time the focus is on the, the star sign and not really the elements. Yes. So to understand that, we need to, again, to zoom out and see that I am the entire zodiac and I am one unique expression of the whole. So everybody has the 12 zodiac sign and the, the four elements within themselves. If we look at it through a shamanic perspective or through the lens of nature, we're made of the four elements. The four elements are making our physicality as well. It's inside mm -hmm. of us. Um, within those four elements in astrology, we have 
a triangle for each element. And this triangle creates a movement of evolution. And those are the qualities of the elements. You have the cardinal signs, which would be Capricorn, it would be Aries, it would be Cancer, it would be Libra, are the initiator. It's the energy within one element, I initiate something new. You know, I am a cancer when I'm emotionally involved with something, when I feel my heart is in alignment and I feel love, then I in, I'm creating something new, you know? Um, and then you have the fixed sign, the fixed of each element, which would be Taurus is the fixed earth. Then you have, um, Scorpio is the fixed water. Leo is the fixed fire. Uh, and Aquarius is the fixed air. And the fix is carrying the movement that is initiated by the cardinal, is carrying it through. That's why when you have those type of energy, we can say that, oh, that person, you know, she tends to be stubborn. It's because mm. the qualities you need to carry it on, you need to keep on going, you need to grow, you know, you need to have this endurance. But it's expressed through the different elements in different way. And then you have the mutable um, and the mutable sign in each element, which would be Sagittarius is mutable fire, Pisces is mutable water, Gemini is mutable air, and Virgo is mutable earth, is bringing change. So those, those signs, they're very moving, they're adapting to the environment and constantly changing. I'm a Virgo and I <laughs> flow. I like get over stuff so easily, but yeah. Just carry on. Yeah, but that's interesting. You know, like, t let's take, uh, let's take a practical example then, because mm -hmm. Virgo is the mutable earth. And that's why you have the ability, you want to make everything practical, you know, mm -hmm. and it's about improvement. It's about, uh, perfectioning everything that you touch because Virgo is the archetype of the priestess. It's the person that can make sense of spirit here on earth and that will work on improving reality and helping people improve as well in bringing balance in spirit, mind and body. Mm -hmm. So what's happening with the mutable earth? Because earth you would say is stable, but when you go into the mutable earth is you always, like, you have a radar and you're always analyzing the entire room and you always notice every little detail. And every time something changes, you will adapt your behavior in order to continue to make the situation structured and fluid, uh, you know, and um, how do you say, uh, so it can be successful, mm. you know, so it can, you, you're always improving the reality, the matter. <laughs> and I think it's very empowering once you start understanding your nature um, because you then become aware of yourself and mm -hmm. how you respond to life. So even when you encounter experience, uh, challenging experiences, you almost know which resource to tap into, right? Yes, exactly. And just to conclude with the elements, we have all the elements inside of us. But when you look at your entire chart and you understand that the sun is maybe 5% of who you are. So you say, I'm a Virgo, but maybe if that resonates a lot with you, what I shared is maybe you have other planets mm -hmm. in Virgo as well. It strengthens that archetype within your life. So 
Each planet is a different aspect of our experience and personality, and they can be in different signs. So when you look at the entire chart, then you're going to see, well, okay, there's a lot of fire, there's no air at all, uh, and there's a little bit of water. And you can understand how to balance your, your, your routines, your habits, your, you need to develop what is underdeveloped in the chart. Mm. Because the aim is not to just be your chart, which is what traditional astrology would do. You're like that, and you're doomed. <laughs> That's it. Mm. You know, what we want to do is, is use that tool to evolve and grow. So if I have a lot of fire, am I expressing my fire? Am I in a hyper expression of that fire? Or because of trauma, it's a hypo expression of the fire and then it burns inside of me mm-hmm. and it's, it can become destructive instead of creative. And if I have, you know, no earth, what can I actively do to ground myself? Because I will naturally be ungrounded. I like um I like what you're saying because then it speaks to being in balance, right? Yes. So not being too much of an earth element or earth expression because that can also be um overwhelming or one can be overly nurturing where you are not allowing other people to grow and develop in their areas where you know they need to develop. So what you are saying is even though I might have um a larger aspect of of earth in mm-hmm. in me <laughs> but it would probably be wise to ensure that um there is a balance with the other elements like water like fire you need enough fire to be able to stand your ground and um, stand for the things you believe in. You need enough water to be a bit fluid and mm-hmm. uh, adaptable because life is about being able to adapt to different situations, right? And yes. a bit of air. Um, um, so that makes a balanced adult Yes. And, and from that, we understand with evolutionary astrology, we go and study what we call the polarity point. Everything is an axis. And in the end, when you understand your entire chart and you work through the different places, you activate your gift and you go and do the healing. It's like you receive a golden key and you open mm. and you, you, it helps you in your awakening, you know, and you free yourself from that chart, basically. Mm. Um, so you being a Virgo sun, you need to look at what is in Pisces in front of it. Because that's the axis of service, but Virgo is the earth, the practical, and Pisces is spirit. It's emotion, emotional healing, um, art, you know, beauty, but something divine. So in order to balance the Virgo in you, you need to integrate spirit into your life. And it's going to help you be learn how to let go and surrender because... Uh, a Virgo out of balance always need to control everything. Mm. Otherwise it feels anxiety. So you need to integrate spirit. I trust in something greater and I can surrender to God within me. I can surrender to, to the great spirit or however you connect to that energy. And then it will balance and strengthen the Virgo inside of you. Mm. So if you I focus like- just on Virgo, you miss a, b- a very important part of what yeah. you need to do to grow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that resonates so much with me because before I became aware or more aligned with my spiritual journey I used to prefer to be in control and that obviously 
affects how one experiences life because mm-hmm. one is actually never in control. And that can also stem from fear. And fear is caused by different disappointments and traumas in our lives. Mm-hmm. So we kind of try to hold on and control situations so that we minimize risk, right? But that often doesn't work. It's only when I started to learn how to surrender and to trust God that um, I started to feel lighter Mm -hmm. and much more in flow, you know, and not easily affected by external circumstances. So I totally resonate with that. However, um, when we started engaging and you introduced me to the, to the Mayan healer, and I actually did a reading with him, he, one of the requirements was time of birth, you know, and I know in African, uh, traditions or culture, elders used to record the time of birth. Oh, yeah, the, uh, the time in which a child has been has been born, that used to symbolize something. And I know in the work that you do as well, things like that are also significant in terms of being able to align with your path and to know what is ahead of you almost. So can you please just take us through the significance of that? Yes, so every planet has a different movement. And as the sun shifts, from, you know, one degree to another every day, it's easy to say, oh, I'm born that day. So we know where your sun is, but the moon is changing, moving one degree to another in each zodiac sign every two hours. So it's way faster. So within two days and a half, it has changed sign. If you think you're born in the morning, but actually you're born in the evening, it will completely change your chart. Um, also because we, one part that is very significant in the astrology chart is your rising sign. And the rising sign represents the, the constellation that would be rising on the east. So wherever you are on the sky, uh, on the earth, sorry, at the exact time of your birth, there is a certain degree of a specific constellation or part of the sky that is at the horizon. And that represents the portal through which the light comes in to greet you as you are born. Mm -hmm. And that is setting the whole, what we call the entire house system. Um, And then you will see that a planet will be within a, a house in your chart. And the houses are separating the sky in 12 in 12 parts, basically. Mm-hmm. And each house is linked with the archetype of the zodiac and represent an area of life where, where something is happening. Um, so when you, you have that exact time of birth, you have the complete chart. Mm. You have the personality, the, the psychological, the planets, you have the encoding and the blueprint of the soul. And you know exactly how it's playing out in different areas of the life. And I want to remember to remind that it's everything is a potential. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Everything is a potential. So, for example, um, your son is in Virgo but maybe it's in a firehouse. So the Virgo within of you, the ability to serve and to help and to heal and to organize is best expressed. Um, for example, it's the, it's in the Sagittarius house, a firehouse is best expressed when you connect 
to spirit, when you yeah. seek knowledge, when you teach. So you become a teacher that is helping people be balanced and heal. Um, but you may also uh, express that energy through traveling. Everything is a potential because you don't know, we don't know how a person is going to use their free will to interact with the energies oh. that create the makeup of who you are. We all have this like unlimited potential, but the chart shows us how life or spirit is always guiding you towards a direction. But that direction mm. can be expressed in so many different ways. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, I like it because You know, firstly, understanding this then helps to expand our personal potential as individuals mm -hmm. because life as we've come to know it feels very limiting, you know. And as I'm chatting with you right now, I'm just thinking about how I believe as humanity We, over the years, we've actually not, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Our, our sense of in, intelligence has been reduced because we lost all this knowledge. And mm -hmm. in, in older times, our ancestors understood this connection to the cosmos, to the universe, and it was a tool that they applied in their everyday life wasn't it yes and it's still something when i i travel in different indigenous places that is expressed in different ways like for example the mayan follow the time they're the keeper of the time and mm -hmm. they every day has a cosmic energy a cosmic force and a number which hold a, a vibration uh, associated to it so every day they do different rituals different type of offering and different type of prayer but If you look at all these cosmic forces that they call the Nawal, um, they represent different aspects of the human experience and the human mm. personality. So in astrology, um, the type of astrology that I do, it's the same. Each aspect of the zodiac is one aspect of us. Each, sorry, each zodiac sign is one aspect of us. If you can look at this, the history of humanity from birth, which is Aries, the spark of creation, it's linked with the spring equinox. So when everything is birthing, it comes from spirit, it is created. So Aries people, they have this strong sense of this fire of like, I want to do, I'm here to be. You know, mm. and then you go into Taurus and you put foundation and Gemini and you communicate and it, it just continues like that. So what we have been observing is, and that's really easy to observe is the moon, the movement of the moon. For example, it's very easy to understand the moon in order to then understand the movement of the planet. The moon, we know it has a magnetic field that is touching the earth and influencing us because it's moving the waters, the tides of the waters. It's influencing how plants are growing and it's, it's influencing our own emotions. So a uh, easy invitation for people who are curious to understand astrology, to enter into that world and use it uh, to help them in their daily life is to connect to the moon and The moon has a cycle that is a monthly cycle. It goes through all the zodiac, the 12th sign, every month. The sun goes through all the zodiac in one year. Then uh, Mars goes through all the zodiac in two year and a half. Pluto 
in in 248 years you know so every planet has a different rhythm that's why you don't feel pluto that much uh because it's so far mm. It, you feel it only when it touches something specific in your chart and it's activating this whole death and rebirth transformation. The moon, you feel it every month because it's regulating our emotional body as we're made of water. Mm. Um, and an easy ritual to start, uh, to, is to connect to the full moon and connect to the new moon. And that's something that people would easily attune to. They would know that the light is helping us seek for the light and awaken. But in the night, there's a deeper wisdom, which is the emotional and intuitive and feminine wisdom. Mm -hmm. And if you want to understand that, a new moon is when the moon is crossing the sun in the zodiac. They're in alignment, very far away, but they're in alignment. In the sky, we don't see the moon at night anymore because it's hidden by the sun. Mm -hmm. Um it's hiding the light of the sun, if you want. At the time of the new moon is the best time to seed the intention, <clears throat> what you want to cultivate in your life. Sorry. <laughs> so you, and it's the moment where the light, the awareness, the consciousness of the sun is infusing something and planting a seed inside the unconscious, the subconscious realm of the moon. And this happens every month in a different archetype. So we're psychologically growing as we are, you know, curious about those cycles. Mm -hmm. um, now the next new moon is in Pisces in a few days. Mm -hmm. So at that moment, we're connected to the archetype of Pisces, spirit, artistic, divine inspiration, compassion, mm -hmm. forgiveness. It's a moment we're more emotional when we enter Pisces season because it, it activates within us the remembrance that we come from source. Um, so at that time we connect to intention, like we, we just reflect on that aspect. If you want to see it psychologically, well, where am I having a difficult time forgiving and letting go? Mm. Where do I resist to surrender and I need to control everything? How can I call more connection with my own soul to help me trust that it's safe to surrender and let go? Um, how maybe it's a good time to do a ritual of a forgiveness ritual and see if we can forgive a little bit more of something mm. that happened. It's a time to connect with people and feel the compassion that arise with that energy. It's water, but it's the spiritual water. So we can do also cleansing, spiritual bath, um, emotional, emotional healing or healing the emotional body. Mm. So we plant all those seeds and then they keep on growing within us for about two weeks. And two weeks later, the sun and the moon are opposite in the sky. So at that, in the new moon, we don't really know what's happening. That usually, you know, people don't really speak about new moon rituals. Mm. Um, but then on the full moon, the sun, the conscious awareness of the sun is fully illuminating the subconscious realm of the moon. Mm. And during the full moon, we see what's just underneath the surface within us and our emotional bodies start to speak everything out and we have a greater understanding of what we cultivated on the new moon and that's why you see a lot of like there are more fights animals are more agitated uh, i had a, a friend working in a nightclub as a security guard and he told me every full moon people have knife or like crazy stuff but not mm. the rest of the nights and it's wow. because we don't know how to be attuned with our emotional body. You know, we live in a society that it's easily suppressed, the moon, the emotional, the feminine. And so 
but we can't suppress it or ignore it when it's the time of the full moon. But if you worked with it, you know how to align um, at the full moon, you embrace that sensitivity as a teacher. It's teaching you what needs to be released. It's teaching you what needs to be let go of. I like that you have spoken about um, ritual um, so in-depth because I only came across like full moon rituals in relation to women, especially because of our cycles. And when we think about the rhythm of nature and the seasons uh, of nature and why we should probably strongly consider being in alignment with the seasons and the cycles of nature as individuals and just in terms of manifesting our goals and working, but also understanding that in our material life, things also happen in cycles. So there'll be a cycle of creating and birthing. There'll be a cycle of rest, you know, where we maybe need to reflect where maybe nothing is happening. You could be applying for for projects or trying to initiate new projects and things are just not coming together because for you, that period is about being in rest. Um, and just like, for instance, we know there's winter, there's spring, there is summer. There's all these cues that nature has given us, but it seems like human beings have found a way to like um, detach themselves from nature and that is that is a disadvantage uh, because yes. if we learned to be more in alignment with nature then maybe we would flow a bit more with ease right um, yes. to add on to that I know that there are certain rituals women can can also do um, around their um, menstrual cycles and the moon. You know, mm -hmm. so can you can you take us a bit through through that? Yes. So there are many different ways, and I imagine that each tradition and lineage have different ways to work with that. Uh, the way I connect with the cycle of the women's cycle and the cycle of the moon is, and that's specifically based on the the ancient European teaching of how women and priestesses would work with the, the cycle of nature and their own cycle. Because naturally, if, if you want, our cycle mimics the cycle of the moon anyway, and that mm. is known. Um, so the new moon, the black moon, just before the new moon, which would be, we're entering actually right now, we're Friday uh, between Sunday and Monday is the new moon. So we're entering the black moon is the time where the menstruation starts and it's linked with the energy of um, the crone, you know, the, the wise woman and we're shedding and we're releasing, but we become very psychic and there's no light outside, but within we become very sensitive. And that would be the time where women would gather uh, and we start to do it again when our cycles start to align together and women would gather and they would become 
oracles, you know, they would receive informations, um, they would see vision, and they would shed and cleanse and purify for the entire villages through dance and movement that are very connected to the water, um, the undulation of the body in a gentle way, because the, the womb is a, a energetic, um, powerful medicine tool. It's an ally within us. After the first three days of bleeding, it is linked with the new moon. And that's the time where we're maybe some women are still bleeding at that time, but still the cells of the epithelium inside the womb are starting to regenerate. Mm. So even if you're still bleeding, you can plant intention, even if your cycle is not in alignment with the moon in that way. Mm. And that's the time where it's kind of like the, the maiden energy, you know, yeah. this, the new, the new fresh energy is starting and we plant those seeds. It's linked with the new moon. And then. At the full moon is linked with the ovulation. And that's why there was a lot of, you know, the, the, the witches Shabbat, uh, mm. celebration, um, in Europe, because at that time, the feminine is wide open and illuminated because I said the sun is illuminating the moon. So the energy is an energy of release and letting go of what no longer serves, but it's also a time of gratitude and celebration. And so at that moment, the women would shake and activate the energy of the womb and the ovaries and the ovulation and make it move through life force and pleasure throughout the body. And then we continue the cycle. So that's the moment of the, the lover, the, the lover, mm -hmm. the, the mother energy. And then we release until we start the new moon. Now I know that women, when we are connecting with nature and connecting with ourselves, we move from, from aligning to bleeding on the new moon. And then sometimes it shifts to bleeding on the full moon. It takes a few couple of cycles and then you're mm -hmm. on the full moon. And, um, I don't know about like the exact significance on that, but I know that I've noticed it happened to so many of us. And the more we connect, the more we align and then we shift. And for me, I was always bleeding on the new moon, uh, exactly when I'm in Europe. And when I would go to Guatemala, I would bleed on the full moon. Wow. So, you know, it's like a beautiful mystery. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited because, um, last month, I had a change in my cycle and my period started, um, when the full moon, yeah, when the moon was full for the first mm -hmm. day. Yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, I thought, yay, maybe some alignment, but I still yes. need to, um, figure out what it actually means and how I can integrate it in my everyday life, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like bleeding on the full moon is very powerful because the full moon makes women already more psychic and sensitive. And then your own cycle also amplify those qualities. And because on the full moon, we release and we let go because everything is being illuminated. Then you have a stronger power ability to release and let go what no longer serve in your life. And the moon energies are supporting what your body is already naturally doing. And then you can, your intention are supported by the power of your womb. Wow. Very insightful. While we are on the topic of the feminine energy, I know in recent years, there has been a lot of talk around the duality of the feminine and the masculine energies. Mm -hmm. How do those work in the context of astrology or how can we understand them practically in our lives? 
Yes. So I was speaking about uh, first the polarity of each sign. Every the twelve sign are actually six axes of polarity, and that's one aspect of the duality of the world we live in, if you want. Another aspect are the elements. Each sign is in a different element and each planet is linked with a different element. We can associate elements with more feminine or more masculine, but, you know, the earth can be expressed in a masculine way. It can be expressed in a feminine way. The fire, the same. You know, it can be the, the passion or the sensuality. The earth can be the practicality or also the sensuality, actually, mm-hmm. and the birthing, the ability to birth and to manifest, etc., etc. Um, I feel like if I look at the feminine and masculine, to balance the feminine and masculine within a person through their chart, I'm going to go and explore um, the planet Venus and the planet Mars first. Then I'm going to explore where is the sun and where is the moon. And then I'm going to explore the houses linked with those planets in the chart. So there's many ways to, uh, to, to go and look if a planet is exalted. If Venus is exalted, she's, there's no blockage around your Venus, which would represent, um, it represents many things. It's your value system, but it's pleasure. It's how you love, you love, how you like to receive love. It's your desires. It's your sensuality. It's your, how you bring harmony into life and how you value yourself as well. Um, so it's a very strong feminine archetype. Where is Venus? Is she, is it, is she free or is she blocked? Mm. If there's a lot of like Saturn squaring, Saturn is like the father of the Zodiac through the Western astrology. Mars is like the warrior. If there's a square with Mars, it's quite aggressive on, on Venus and it's preventing her to be fully exalted and express who she is. So then we would work on those, uh, understanding those aspects, how it manifested through the life of the person and how to resolve that trauma in order for the Venus to transform these challenges into wisdom and express in her own unique way. And then it balances the feminine expression of the person. I would do the same with the moon, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, If a Venus is very strong, then it's very easy for the person and the moon as well. It's very easy for the person to express uh, those feminine essence. Yeah. So I I realized that most of the time, some of these things are a bit more received by women, although we've come to know and understand that as individuals, as humans, we have got both the masculine and feminine energies within us, right? Yes. So how can men become more aware of their cycles? So for instance, with us women, it might be a bit easier for us to understand our cycles because of our biological makeup. Um, and it's easy to identify and start some form of ritual if one is trying to be in alignment um, mm-hmm. with with the moon, for instance. W- what can men do to work with um, astrology or the different elements or the moon and so on? Everybody has all the planets inside of them all the signs, all the elements. Now it's how do we hyper or hyper express something because of the conditioning of society, of uh, our upbringing, um, the, the, the time that we're living in, etc., etc. So women need to balance the feminine and the masculine. 
they also need to balance their Mars, of course, and the Saturn and the Sun. And men need to balance the feminine and the masculine. They are not so moved by the moon cycles because they don't have hormonal shifts every seven days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Some men may have a lot of cancer energy, which is ruled by the moon, and they will be affected more. You know, the, the men who have a lot of water or a strong moon placement or an activated cancer placement, they're very sensitive to the moon, and they have been telling me that as well. But if society suppressed your sensitivity and your vulnerability, made it feel like you, you're weak or, you know, don't cry, don't express like this, be stronger, be tough, then they mm. will hypo-express the cancer. They will suppress that part of themselves and, you know, aspects that are there <clears throat> become shadow. And then you go into shadow work, you go into trauma healing in order to free that part that is naturally strong within a man. Um, so that can be a thing, you know, or they can be hyper expressing their Mars energy because it was validated. Are you the one who, you know, fight the strongest or mm. they can be hyper expressing the Virgo, like you always fixing everything and that's validated. And then they never have space to surrender and be and understand the feminine. So I feel like the chart is the key to understand how to balance your feminine masculine energy within. But if it's not through your chart, it can be through the planetary movement. Um, so every man can connect to the moon and just be curious. All right. The next full moon, the next new moon is in Pisces. It's a water energy. It speaks about healing my emotion. It speaks about forgiveness. It, it speaks about my spiritual connection um, and spiritual inspiration. How is that in my life? Mm. Do I feel it's present? Am I comfortable with that? Am I uncomfortable with it? Um, you know, how can I bring a little bit more of this archetype into my life? And then you go into the full moon and the next full moon is going to be in Virgo and you go and explore that archetype. And what do I need to release and let go that is imbalanced in the Virgo energy that I observe within myself? And we can work through all the archetypes within one year through the moon cycles. So I feel like that's that's such a beautiful tool to just be curious about it, start to read which element is it in, um, which sign is it, and then you can always go deeper and deeper. Where are the other planets? <laughs> mm-hmm. But at first you you connect to the sign and to the elements and you bring that into your own personal experience. And sometimes it's going to be very masculine energies, sometimes it's very feminine energies. And if you follow the whole cycle, you will touch each aspect of the human being. I don't know why, but I just started getting this dense feeling that kind of is sad at the idea that there is so much to a human being. Mm -hmm. We are so complex. We are, I think it's just amazing what we can do or how, what we are. But it's also said how we've been reduced or how many people have or their experiences have been reduced to just the physical things and how people are not able to tap into the resource the universe is in their mm-hmm. lives. There's just so much we can do to understand and experience life in a much more harmonious way. Um, yeah, it, it's a real pity that not a lot of people um aware of just how we are supported by nature, by the universe, mm-hmm. and how there's literally 
we all have got the tools to understand ourselves better and experience and navigate our paths in a less resistant and difficult way. But only yes. if we familiarize ourselves with our essence, because this is essentially what we are. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I feel like, the, yeah, and astrology is one way to understand your essence and that your blueprint. Uh, there's many different other ways, but if you feel a calling to you, you're curious about it, it means that it has a resonance with you and then it will speak to you. And that's why it's not for everybody. But when you feel called to it, it means that there's something, there's like a pot of gold for you to understand at that moment of your journey. And once you go into it, it helps to understand that the unique person that you are is exactly what is needed. Whereas we're taught you need to be in a certain way. Mm -hmm. This behavior is good. That behavior is bad, you know, and then it, it put us into those boxes to fit into society. And as children, we need to go into it because otherwise if being rejected as a child, it means death. Basically, you know, if mm. I'm abandoned, I'm going to die. There's like an unconscious survival thing. So then we start to suppress parts of us and overexpress other, other parts. And we're, we're not in balance with the, the blueprint of the essence of who we mm. are. And then when you go into use astrology or use shamanic work or use psychology, any map that is helping you, you can go back to, but who am I? And what I, Really, every time I do a reading, people tell me at the end, it, there's nothing new, but wow, mm. you know, and why? It's because it's you. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you something that you're going to be like, what? I had no idea I was mm. like that because it's you, but it helps you to understand Oh, that thing that I judge about myself, it's actually okay. I can have compassion for myself. And now the I know context. how to transform it into a supportive expression. Mm. Um, and in that sense, I feel like it's so important that everybody, I resonate with what you're sharing. Everybody, if we help people, now us as adults, but also our children, because we can start younger, help people understand who they are and validate who they are, because we're always guided towards what's correct, mm. towards our destiny. There's always impulses, but when we resist, that's when pain and suffering come into play, because that's usually how human being <laughs> go, you know, and, mm. and change. Otherwise, we're comfortable, we don't want to change, and we stay in that. But if you start to validate from the beginning, like, okay, that pain, I understand it in a child, and it's teaching you how to understand your emotion better. And then they can become very beautiful therapist healers because they have mastered emotion through the pain mm. that they had to go through. And if you validate their destiny, you don't tell them, no, you need to be a doctor. No, you need to be a banker. Or I don't know, you know, um, because maybe they need to come here to for self-expression, maybe the North Node is in Leo. They need to mm. shine. They need to be creative. They need to become an artist and just focus on themselves and be a little bit more selfish. But that's the teaching for their soul experience. Mm. Uh, I think it would be so beautiful. Then we understand I am a cell. Uh, first of all, I'm part of the planet. 
the planet is alive, it has its own consciousness and is giving us tool, then I am a cell in that planet and I have to play my role. If I'm a cell of the heart and I'm trying to, to play the, the, the role of the cell of the liver, the organism is out of balance. So we're always trying to be something else than who we are. And we, we sometimes forget that the medicine is exactly who I am. So as I understand myself, I bring my own medicine to the world. I'm at service to life by being myself. And for some people, it's service. And for some people, it's to focus on themselves. You know, that but we so judge powerful. that, oh, service, sacrifice is good. Thinking of you, you're selfish, you know, and we bring all this in, uh, injunction. I don't know if you can say this in English. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you, it's like controlling the, the essence of a person. But if I am just myself, I harmonize with the other person, allowing themselves to be who they are. And I attract the right experiences to me. And everything like what- starts to flow and the, ba- the planet start to balance itself. I like what you're saying around being yourself, right? Because on this season two of Conscious Conversations, I've been led to especially focus on Africa, right? And what makes us African and what gives us that competitive um, edge and how because of our history with colonization, who we are as a people has been suppressed and why it is important for us to rediscover who we actually are as a people, as Africans, because there are certain things that only Africans can do in a particular way. And if you accepted that about, if we accepted that about the continent, then perhaps it would make us more globally competitive than trying to do things the way Americans are doing or the way the Chinese are doing mm-hmm. and not really having that sense of of self. So I'm glad you you brought that up because it it, it ties so well with the theme of this season. Is there any other thing you would like to to share with any individual that's trying to understand themselves, because what I've also come to understand is that one does not necessarily need to stick to one form of healing or indigenous knowledge or spiritual practice. What has helped me grow is understanding different things. I mean, I've under, I've come to understand a lot about how the mind works, how the power of our thoughts impact our what we manifest, you know, I've come to understand a lot about ancestral healing and how the patterns Mm -hmm. in my bloodline have affected how I experience life and how I have responded to life. And um, I've also started to integrate a bit of uh, astrology. As you know, I did the Mayan reading and to understand things from that perspective. So infusing a little bit of this and that to form a picture for, for myself. So it doesn't have to be one or the other, right? I'm very much uh, connected universally, I would say. Mm. And I, if you look through the lens of astrology, I have the Sagittarius moon. So to feel good emotionally, who I, I am inside always need to connect to all these different types of cultures and ways of lineages to help me understand 
what is the truth mm. for me, of course, because there's, you know, millions of different aspects of the truth, but I have this fire always pushing me to understand what is what. Uh, so I've never been really just anchored into one way of being. Like I said in the beginning, at 13 years old, I bought all those books and I was mm. like, there's all those different ways. Why they all think they have the truth? I don't yeah. understand, you know? So I, I feel like, I feel like we need to, to connect within, always come back within, always come back to listening to the voice in the heart. And the more <clears throat> you come within and you inquire to know yourself, you're going to magnetize the right thing, which can be a post because now we use social media, and, mm. but social media is also the, the, the collective cloud, cloud, you know, mm. <laughs> it's like a representation mm. of the collective consciousness. So you receive message from spirits through, through social media. Sometimes maybe someone give you a book, you know, maybe you cross the path of, of a person and that person become that mentor or teacher for a while. Mm. And then you magnetize to something else. And you always, life is always guiding you to understand yourself. And we have different affinities. I had so many dreams about being in Guatemala or in the south of Mexico, in the ruins, before even seeing them, I would know how it would be. I think my soul is connected because it's not in my clear DNA, like my close DNA now, mm. you know, which is Europe and Africa. There's no Mayan or thing like this that I know of, but my soul is connected there. And I had to receive a medicine over there. Mm. I was I was led to Guatemala without knowing it exists. I arrived, I stayed. And there is all this teaching from all these teachers and all these plants and support and medicine. Um, and it nourished me. So I look at the Mayan astrology because I have a positive resonance with it. Mm -hmm. The Western astrology speaks to, I'm really connected to, to the Western mind still, you know, um, and the psychology and the understanding and, it has the most resonance to me. It always makes sense. But I have no interest in Chinese astrology. I have no interest in even going to India, you know, like, or going to Asia. So I have no resonance. I think still it's amazing. I'm, I'm hundred percent sure it's, it is serving people, but it's no resonance for me. So I'm not understanding myself through those maps, I if that makes it. sense. And another thing I wanted to, speak about when you speak about the the wound of colonization and and you know how african can are the, i feel like there's this movement now from my very little interaction i came uh, several times to africa but of course i didn't grow up in africa i just have my father and his family but i i have observed this there's a, a re-empowering of Africa that needs to happen now. That's why the spirituality of Africa is being known more and more in the last years before. You would go into the West, you would have no idea. Like literally, it's just everything is black magic. It was still there, you know. Mm. Um, and, and now everybody's becoming curious and the teachers are starting to travel. Uh, there's many teachers from many different traditions that are going all around the world to share, which is the same that happened years earlier with the Indian practices, you know? And I feel like as there is this rise, um, and the, the, it's like Africa, the consciousness of Africa is waking up. It needs to shake off the trauma mm. that it has internalized. But I also feel so important. That's my personal opinion. But to me, it's so important to remember that before all of this happened to Africa, to America, it happened to Europe 
as well. We cannot separate everything into it's white, it's black, it's good or bad. When I look at the astrology, the greater transit is something that we call the procession of the equinoxes, is the ages, the times. Mm. We are in an amazing time now where we're shifting from the age of Pisces to the age of Aquarius within our lifetime. So there's a big transition and everything is like upside down and everything is shaken up and everybody's starting to wake up in different ways. Now, if you understand the age of Pisces, it was about 2000 years. Pisces is, is heaven, is spirit over there. So we were trying to understand God through God is in heaven up there and we are down here and God is not down here, so we need religion. And it was the rise of all these monotheist religion um, that created a separation of down is the darkness is bad, up there is the king of heaven. Mm. And it was it was just needed at that time of evolution because it was closing a huge 13,000 years cycle. We lost ourselves because we're at the deepest we have been. Um, as every 13,000 years, we go to sleep and every 13,000 years, we go, we wake up again. And this whole procession is 26,000 years approximately. So when I understand this, I understand that the last 2000 years were about suppressing anything linked with the earth because the earth becomes the bad in that experience of duality. Mm. So it's the feminine, it's the darkness, it's the night. It's everything about the earth and the earth practices. And we want to go to the light, which is God, heaven, the sun. And what happened is it, it was a humanity collective movement that we come to experience. And there has been as much suppression and horror in Europe being here. I, I know about, you know, what also our ancestors went through. And it's just, it happened you know, hundreds of years ago, a thousand years before, it was so internalized and the, the split was so strong that then it continued to spread in other places. But what is fresh in our memory is what happened through colonization. But colonization is just the expression of that patriarchal distortion that humanity was going through. And because I understand the, the, the cycles of the soul, I also know that when I come through the Pluto placement, for example, what I, I suffer here, what is my greatest fear, my greatest pain and challenge, there's my greatest gift behind it, but it's because I have also abused that energy in other lifetime. Mm -hmm. So I always like to remind everybody that we need to heal through understanding and integrating each level of consciousness, meaning that in this lifetime, I have been hurt, I have been wronged, I have suffered, and my ancestor too, so it's in my DNA. And that pain needs attention, and it needs to be respected, and it needs healing, it needs compassion. On a greater level, not greater, but on another perspective of my soul, my soul maybe comes to experience a wound because I have experienced the other polarity in another lifetime. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was the slave master, I abuse my power in that way, then I come and I experience to be powerless, because what do I need? I need to understand power. And I need to understand that power is the love of the soul. It's pa it's the power of, of God within myself. So I experience as a soul, and that's without judgment of good or bad. From the fifth dimension, there's no good or bad. The soul is like, all right, let's experience power. Okay, 
I experience in I have a lifetime of abusing my power. I have a lifetime of being the the victim of that abuse mm. and I'm powerless, powerful, powerless, powerful, you know, mm. and and I grow, the soul grows because at some point it needs to understand that it needs to transcend and you transcend through that trauma. So now we're shifting into the age of Aquarius and the age of Aquarius is God is within and it's your own it, we're all one. We're coming back to to that as a collective and every individual has one part of it one specific unique role and is awakening in a specific unique way within that and i just feel it's important because we can use the understanding of astrology to zoom out and also find understanding of like all right things needed to happen and my ancestors are not just my ancestors, you know, like in the last hundred years, your ancestors is all of humanity mm. and that your soul. Consciousness. Mm. Yes. And the soul has different incarnation in many different lineages from the higher self. And then you incarnate in one specific lineage because it has a resonance to something you want to heal and some, and gifts you want to, uh, master. So you receive those gifts from the ancestors and you also carry the trauma. So you do that healing and it gives a feedback to the higher self, but maybe you're having a complete different experience in another culture at another time from another aspects of the higher self, which is another incarnation. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, it's, I like to, to sometimes zoom out and embrace all these different level of healing. So we don't stay stuck in, in, the colonization did this and that. It did, and it is real, and it is true, and we are physically feeling and emotionally feeling the trauma of it, but at the same time, it was the evolution. We were ending a huge cycle of falling asleep, and what am I going to do about it now? Because mm -hmm. the rebellion is necessary, but to a certain point. It's only to free yourself, so then you can follow your purpose. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we stay stuck at being angry and revendicative. Mm -hmm. So when you connect to what is my own unique purpose, why do I carry that karma and that trauma? You know, I have Pluto in Scorpio next to Black Moon Lilith in the house of Scorpio. I have such a strong, very painful, like pain body around the abuse of power. And I keep kept on attracting, you know, like it through relationship, through even through the spirituality, all I feel like all my, my, what brought me into that, this, the African spirituality was like, I need to detangle all those abuses of power, mm. all those black magic things that still are here. But to me, I'm not thinking, Oh, it's good or bad. I know that my soul is trying to teach me how to understand power and to transcend the misuse and imbalances of that. So I received that teaching and then I start to elevate it and I detach from this and that lineage and practice and culture. And I come back to my heart until another aspect is calling me to experience something. I love that. I love that because there's uh, also so much flow, you know, in not holding on to stuff that no longer serve us and that that don't make us better. You know, I think mm -hmm. we should always try to become better, whatever the experience is, or learn from the experience. But I'd really like to thank you for making time for this conversation. It certainly put a lot of things into perspective, and I'm sure many others will find it very insightful. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your time with us today. 
I truly hope you learned something new, felt something, and were inspired to cultivate a more conscious life. I'd love to connect with you, hear your thoughts and story. Please feel free to reach out. Our contact details can be found on montsem.co.za. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.